Can you give me your full name? Aiden Gonzalez. Aiden Gonzalez. My name's Rima. Okay. <laughs> and, and how old are you, Aiden? I'm 10. I'm 10 already. Whoa. When did you turn 10? Uh, the 3rd of March. Wait, are you trying to steal my info? <laughs> I'm not trying to steal anything. I just want to get to know you a little. Oh. But that's a good question. That's a smart question. Um, <laughs> and so what grade are you going into? Um, I'm going into fifth. Are you excited? How do you feel about it? I feel kind of happy, but I'm also kind of curious. Hmm. About what? About this school year that's going to happen. Because of the virus that's going on. Aiden lives with his mom, dad, and little brother in Los Angeles. Shortly after his 10th birthday, California went under a stay-at-home order and schooling went online. I've also done a lot of virtual classes. Oh, really? What was that like? I, it was like, eyes not even awake yet. My, I'm like, good morning, teacher. Five hours of nothing but just teaching, 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 teaching. But luckily, his summer has been a bit more chill. He tells me about the Minecraft he and his cousins play together online. It's been a while since I last saw them. All the art classes he's been taking. I've been doing watercolor. And the rescue dog his family just adopted. Her name is Conchita, also known as Little Bread. She's 10 years old. She has like a messed up foot. For most kids, this pandemic has meant that their parents and guardians have become their full-time teacher, playmate, cook, their everything. And for Aiden, it's also meant that he's had to do a few more jobs around the house. I have the the smelliest job on earth, picking up my dog's poop. I also help out with the the laundry. Do you get anything for doing the chores? I don't get anything actually. Just get I just get a thank you. Family dynamics are changing a lot right now. And while the grown-ups are definitely feeling it, it's pretty clear the kids are too. We're making history right now. Like, every second that goes by. This is something Aiden says a lot when we're talking. He's so reflective and so aware of just how huge this moment is that we're living through right now. And how tough. I'm getting teary-eyed over here. You're getting teary-eyed? Why? I don't know. Aw, it's okay. Why do you think you're getting teary-eyed? Because what I'm saying is like history right here. Aiden thinks a lot about what this means for his future, about when he'll see his friends in person again, and what the upcoming school year will feel like with online classes. But he's hopeful. I think I'll be more prepared now since um, now we know all of Zoom's secrets. I'm not sure anyone knows all of Zoom's secrets, or really any secrets about how to cope with this time. The pandemic has rocked the lives of a lot of families when it comes to childcare and their finances and just life at home. And kids like Aiden are grappling with big questions. What's the future going to look like? Will we ever escape this heck hole? I, too, would like to know when we'll get out of this heck hole. I'm Eddie Mejres, and welcome to This is Uncomfortable, a show from Marketplace about life and how money messes with it. 
This week, I talk with one family about a system they created well before quarantine that's helping them get through the pandemic. Then later in the show, some advice from an expert and from kids on how to cope with this time. Would you consider yourself competitive? Yes, definitely. I'm competitive in everything. Really? From board games to soccer. Why why do you think you're so competitive? I don't know. I was born like that. Like a lot of 11-year-olds, Joaquin Andrade is really into whatever he's into, especially when it comes to soccer. Everyone in his family roots for a different pro soccer team, but he knows which one's best. Um, my team. I'll call my my like dad's team trash sometimes. Joaquin's team is Real Madrid. He also plays on a soccer team, but because of the pandemic, they can't have games right now. So lately, he's found other ways to blow off steam and new hobbies to obsess over during quarantine. I just like started biking way more, like suddenly. It felt refreshing because sometimes I was just so fed up of what was happening in my house. Like what kind of stuff? Uh, like my brother being annoying, my parents being like impatient and like super strict. For Joaquin, riding his red mountain bike down the driveway, then down the hill and through the neighborhood was like this escape into another world. A world far away from online school and chores and parents constantly on Zoom work meetings. Eventually, he wanted company and asked his dad to join. And he wanted a bike upgrade so they could go off-roading together. So he said we would get BMX bikes okay. to, um, so that we could both go on bike rides. So Joaquin searched online and found the one. This dark green bike that just looked so cool. The only problem, he did not have the $300 to buy it. I said I really like this one. And my dad said, okay, you're going to have to work for it. So we made a deal. Where Joaquin saw adventure, his dad saw opportunity. Because this family, they actually have a whole system to bribe each other whenever someone wants something. It's been working really well for them lately, because these days with the pandemic and the whole family, Joaquin, his parents, and his little brother, home all the time, there's just so much more to negotiate and compromise on. But they actually came up with this system years ago. It really started when me and my dad had like a few fights about what we agreed to. For example, Joaquin would agree to get good grades in exchange for, say, a new video game. But inevitably, when it came down to it, he and his dad would each remember the details of their deal differently, and they'd fight. So after one argument too many, the family started negotiating these formal contracts and writing everything down— Like how many minutes Joaquin would have to spend outside in order to earn computer time. Or my personal favorite, when Joaquin's dad wanted to buy new car parts, he agreed in exchange he'd have to go on the scariest ride in Disney World, Tower of Terror. It feels official because like my parents actually use their like real signature. (laughs) Do you have a signature? I just write my name in cursive and then put my soccer number. And to make it super official, they post all the contracts on the fridge for everyone to see. So, when it came to Joaquin and his quest for a new bike, he sat down at the dinner table one night with his dad, ready to negotiate the terms of a new contract. 
I'm always pushing for like um like a more fair deal because sometimes the deals that they make aren't exactly the fairest. The bike negotiations started off easy. Get up early and watch his five-year-old brother? Sure. Take out the trash, empty the cat litter box, and keep the playroom clean? Worth it for a bike. But then came the real stakes. Joaquin's taking these math classes over the summer, and his dad told him he'd have to get 97% or higher on every single math assignment. That didn't seem fair. I didn't think that I could do that, like, every single time. Mm-hmm. So I said, lower it by five, and yeah. And how did they respond when you said that? Um, they said, okay. 92%. Still a challenge, but it felt more doable. And so this summer, Joaquin got to work, dragging trash cans, watching his little brother, and doing math problem after math problem, just telling himself. This is for the bike. This is for the bike. I can imagine, like, being kind of nervous that you might not be able to finish everything in the contract. Yeah. There's been a few times where I didn't want to do RSM. RSM. That's his math program. It was tough. We're talking fractions, decimals, three- and four-digit multiplication. Even his dad, Kevin Andretti, was nervous for him when it came to this one assignment. He was at, like, I think it was like 83% or 85% or something like that. And he was going to essentially default on his portion of the contract. Uh, He was not going to get the 92%. Were you thinking that you would actually not give him the bike if he didn't get at least 92%? Like, would you actually have gone through with that? I I would have had to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they take these contracts super seriously. To Joaquin, the contract was all about getting a bike. But for his parents, it was also a framework to help him become more independent and try new things. So to make sure he held up his end of the deal, Joaquin's mom, Autumn Andrade de Leon, enrolled him in an online help session, even though he really did not want to. And I just remember telling him, you know, sometimes we all need help. And this was just an opportunity for him to practice that. And it didn't mean anything about the person that he was or his abilities. You know, within three minutes, they had figured out what was sort of short-circuiting his ability to solve those problems. And in another three minutes, it was done. So he got over the hurdle. He got over the fear. He bumped his grade up. He'd held up his end of the bargain. So just a few weeks ago, Joaquin's dad took him to the store to pick up his BMX. When I saw it come out, it looked so cool. Really? The paint job looked super cool combined with the rest of the bike. Nice. It felt awesome. For Joaquin's mom, Autumn, these contracts aren't just a way to bribe her kid whenever he wants a new game or gadget. They're a way to include him in decisions around money and rules, instead of flying solo as parents. And by making things all formal and official, they're leveling the playing field and helping the family keep the peace. That's my goal. Right. Anyway, right. peace. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. that's that's true. That's that's very true. I know you're part of a soccer team, but I wonder if if you've ever thought of your own family as a team too. Yeah. It's kind of like a team. You're obviously thinking about what you want, but you also have to be aware of the needs of others and like what they want too. 
being on a team, it doesn't matter who scored the goal as long as your team scored the goal. Right. It's about the team and not about you. Yeah. And do you feel like contracts make the team work better? Yeah. There's less arguing and everyone's more happy. Right now, I feel like we're all doing a balancing act, finding a way to get through these weird times while trying to maintain some semblance of control over our lives. For Joaquin's family, these contracts are a familiar framework they can fall back on. Our home life is more peaceful. Hmm. The world is kind of raging outside, and as adults, we, we deal with that, but our kids don't need to. And I do feel like, yes, it absolutely confirms my belief in family contracts. So Joaquin's gearing up to ride his new bike and bracing for the day his five-year-old brother, Ruben, makes it to the negotiating table. Hey, Ruben, if you were going to write a contract for something that you wanted, what would you want? A lifetime supply of candy. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. The kid drives a hard bargain. All right, coming up after the break, more kids and some helpful advice. It's easy to know you want to make a change in your life, but it is hard to actually do it. How to Be a Better Human from TED is a podcast for when self-help feels too daunting or maybe even unrealistic or just not for you. I'm Chris Duffy, the host of How to Be a Better Human, and trust me, I do not have it all figured out. But join me as I talk to experts about actually attainable ways we can try to improve our lives, whether it's facing fears, setting boundaries, cleaning your house without feeling like a failure, or all sorts of other topics. Find How to Be a Better Human wherever you get your podcasts. Last Day is a show about the moments that change us. I just don't think I will ever get used to this. I'm Stephanie Whittleswax, and I have had one of these moments. We all have. So let's unpack the chaos that is our human existence together. I don't believe things happen for a reason. I don't believe the universe has a plan. Each week, I sit down with a new guest to explore happy, sad stories of transformation. It's leaning far, far into the pain. That's what it is. Listen to Last Day wherever you get your podcasts. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. Like we heard from Aiden at the top of the episode, this time can be hard for kids, especially if they're stuck at home with parents who are busy working. So we asked them to give us their very best advice on how to deal. If this is recording right now, which of course it is, I think I would just say, just be cool about it. Just have happy thoughts about it. How to be happy at home. Try something that you wouldn't normally do, because most people have a lot of time on their hands now. You just play outside and do more nightly walks. You could play with your toys. Reading. How to help your family right now. You should help out around the house as much as you can. 
If you have a dog, please pick up their poop. Be quiet when they are in meetings. Generous. Be kind. Share the love. And simply give them a nice big smile. For parents, I would suggest taking it easy on their kids. Have patience and be kind. Try to not get super overwhelmed and overworked. And also, you should ask for help on things that you want to do specifically so the first thing doesn't happen. Advice for how dad can cope with his company laying him off and finding a new job after 21 years. Be grateful for what you have and what you've done and be hopeful that you will get a job. Thanks to Aiden Gonzalez, Otis Olson, Seth Juvland, Maggie Tui, and Soren Anderson for the excellent advice. We also wanted to share some tips for parents about how to cope with this time. So I called up Jamila Lemieux. She writes an advice column for Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting section, and she co-hosts Slate's Mom and Dad Are Fighting podcast. I asked her what seems to be coming up the most for parents. From the letters that we get, it it seems that there are parents that are spending a lot more time thinking about the ways in which they're negotiating with their kids. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a lot of power struggles happening, you know, Mm -hmm. teenagers in particular, um, you know, who would have had autonomous time outside of the house. So to go from, you know, I can go to the mall and be gone for seven or eight hours in a day and not have to, you know, do much else other than check in to now be in the house, you know, essentially 24-7. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's definitely changed uh, a lot, and it's exacerbated some existing tensions, for sure. What kind of strategies have you seen that seem to work well? Like, you know, thinking about negotiations, like, is it okay for, like, parents, for example, to bribe their kids to so that they can stay away during, like, an important Zoom call? Absolutely. I think incentivizing. <laughs> yeah, maybe incentivize <laughs> is a better word than bribe. <laughs> Incentivizing uh, good behavior has definitely been an important strategy for a lot of us. Um, You know, I'm somebody who has always incentivized, uh, you know, needing a space to work quietly at home because I've, you know, I've worked remotely for quite some time. Uh, And I think right now, considering how much our children have lost, you know, um, as frustrated as I feel about my own loss of, you know, my social life and being disconnected from friends and family in mm-hmm. in many ways and, and not being able to do certain things personally or professionally that I would have been able to do if we weren't living uh, through a pandemic. I also think a lot of us uh, as parents are recognizing that we were not in the position that our children were in at this point in our lives. And, totally. um, you know, it's OK if you have to put some extra sprinkles uh you know, on the ice cream to help them get through right now. We've uh, talked to some kids this week who've been really thoughtful about the pandemic and how it's impacting their lives. And I'd love to get some advice from you on how parents should be talking to their kids about what's going on right now. It's better to start feeding them information from a very young age and talking to them about, you know, Mm. the world around them, you know, essentially from the point in which they start talking. As far Mm -hmm. as uh, 
coronavirus goes specifically, you know, ensuring that they know the precautions that they can take as individuals to protect themselves, that they understand that school has not been closed and camp has not been, you know, shut down to punish them or, you know, out of a, a overabundance of caution, but because there is, you know, something that is dangerous and that could harm us, but that you are going to do everything in your power to keep them safe and that you're going to make responsible decisions. And you have to model that, you know, if you Mm -hmm. are keeping your kids socially distanced, but they see you engaging in high risk activity, um, Mm. that is going to teach, not only are you putting them potentially at risk, uh, you're also modeling something for them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and not modeling the correct thing. And thinking about like sort of the financial component to this, how much do you feel like parents should talk openly with their kids? I think that with respect to how much information your children have um, about the household finances, how much they are able to comprehend and understand about, you know, what it means to lose a job. And, you know, for some families, the loss of a job is an immediate Uh, crisis. And for others, Mm -hmm. you know, there's savings and resources that can be tapped into. You know, I mean, I think it would be great for families that are more comfortable in these situations to be transparent with their children, Mm. because, you know, they're not necessarily going to perhaps feel the impact. But it's still an important lesson for kids to understand about the instability of the workforce, you know, mm-hmm, that, that jobs mm-hmm. are not guaranteed, that you don't have it until you don't want to have it anymore. I think they should mm-hmm. understand when their parents are facing something that, you know, creates uh, a certain level of additional stress. But you also don't want to burden them so much right. um, with this information. Stress them out. Yeah, that they're not able to function. So, you know... These are the things that I need you to do to be helpful during this time. But I don't want you to feel like you're responsible for this. You, you, you know, I don't need you to try to figure out how to make money or, you know, how to take care yeah. of us. But, you know, to just be patient and cooperative and understanding. All right. That is all for this week's show. But before we go, I just want to give a little plug. If you have kids and you want something made especially for them, Marketplace actually has a new podcast for kids, answering all the awkward, surprising, tricky questions they have about money. It's called Million Bazillion. I love that name. And it's hosted by my very funny colleague, Jed Kim. Here's a peek at one episode they did that teaches kids how to negotiate the right way using compromise and listening, but also pretending like you're a secret agent spy and you're on a mission. And anyone knows a successful mission is all about preparation. So step one, gather intel. That means find out everything you can about the discussion at hand. Ask the other side questions. Do research on the topic to support your side. Talk to someone who already figured out how to negotiate for the thing you're asking for. You can listen to the rest of that and check out more episodes of Million Bazillion from Marketplace, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, so you all know, we are taking a few weeks to work on some new exciting stories and we'll be officially back with new episodes in mid-September. In the meantime, if you want to stay in touch with us, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Rima Grace. And you can always email us with your stories or thoughts or rants or whatever at uncomfortable at marketplace.org. 
All right, This Is Uncomfortable is me, Rima Khreis, Megan Dietry, Haley Hirschman, Peter Balanon-Rosen, and Eliza Mills. Our intern is Daniel Martinez. Tony Wagner is our digital producer. Drew Jostad is our audio engineer. Editing this week by Samantha Fields. Satar Nieves is the executive director of On Demand. Deb Clark is the senior vice president and general manager of Marketplace. And our theme music is by Wonderly. All right. I'll catch y'all in September. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy.